Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, I'm so glad you're joining us today on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. I'm honored to introduce some friends of mine, Terry and Nancy Clark. Their ministry is Catalyst People, which serves to reach, welcome, and encourage people to know Jesus more intimately every day. And boy, they live this out. Terry's also really a legendary worship leader, and he's used his music to direct listeners to a closer relationship with the Heavenly Father. There's a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and jump into the conversation now on this episode of the Victor Mark Show. So, hey, welcome to another episode of the Victor Mark's Show. See, I've got some dear friends. This is this is a real treat for y'all because uh, those of you listening, uh, I've got Terry and Nancy Clark, and they are friends for, gosh, 30 years I think now. Yeah, we were six six and a half when we met. Yeah. It's hard to <laughs> one of us was, I think, at least. Well, those of you listening, you're about to hear incredible I just say an incredible witness or testimony for the Lord, both in life, ministry, and music. And um don't be tempted to turn the dial. Uh, or, or switch to different podcasts. You're going to be so enriched by the time this is over. And let's dive in. Here, I mean, I would say y'all are best known uh, for the uh, music industry, for mm-hmm. worship. Uh, and you're involved in the, I mean, the 70s was the, right? I mean, how would y'all... Right. Yeah, we I'll came. Right. Yeah, we came in on the scene, as it were, probably seventy. Right after we were married, we came. When we came back to the states, we were married in London. We came back to the states to work on my first solo project, which came out in seventy-eight. We got back into the country seventy-six, and then into the studio seventy-seven, and. But Terry was part of Chuck Gerard's band for that first few years, and Chuck ended up producing that solo album. So while he was with Chuck Gerard, he really became more acquainted with the whole Jesus music people industry. We were kind of grafted in, and a lot of the the older veteran Calvary Chapel people, they thought we were probably there in the first first days in the old tent, but I I think I was in Vietnam somewhere at that time, though. So um, anyway, I was with a band in England, and that's why we got married there. But um, we wound up being the band for Chuck Gerard to tour uh, Scandinavia and UK and, and Europe as a solo artist. He, so we were his band because it, we were well known there as a, a UK artist, and the band was pretty eclectic and awesome. Uh, way ahead of its time. And so we made a pretty deep footprint with that, with Chuck Gerard. And so we had great success with that. And of course, good friendships uh, that, that still last today. 
that was the days where concerts were the big draw. And so people would come to the venue because there was a, a concert being played and not because they knew the artist or knew the people doing the music. They just would follow to, they would attend the hall because they were loyal to that. And, but there they heard the gospel message through music and through testimony and the band that Terry was part of, and even Chuck Gerard there in Europe became um, a great leader in the, in the contemporary Christian music movement because of their testimony and their witness to all these people who just wanted to go to the hall to hear music. Right. Now I've got a lot of listeners. They're not going to know who Chuck no. Gerard is. They're not going right. to, they wouldn't know who, you know, three dog night is right. So mm-hmm. how would we explain, uh, when we talk about contemporary Christian music, like your background, Terry, you as a singer, uh, I mean, you were respected by other musicians uh, because of your your approach or your style. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then, it was y'all's type of music appealed to the masses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a group of Christians, just like you were saying, uh, Nancy. Mm-hmm. It was it was really, it was a, it was a great tool. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I don't, there's unexpected faces and voices that say they're impacted by it uh, throughout the years. But I think, I think it has something to do with the influences I have, but mostly that everything that I've written, everything that we've recorded just about comes right out of personal conversation with my my savior and my liberator. He broke me out of the psych ward in Munich, Germany at uh, the close of my uh, military time. And um, there were thousands of us in that in that place after being where we had been and and seeing all that we'd seen, been a part of what we would were part of. But um, Jesus had just walked in to my room and had to give me a, a good rational reason to be a human being. And he did that. He said, I became a human being for the same person you're saying that I don't want to be one anymore. So uh, it changed everything. Lord, make me a vessel. Of your word and your will Speak your words through these lips Your own words of life Let them heal the broken servant I'll wait on you hand and foot draw me close let me know you let me touch your heart let me be And bought with life. 
Oh, I love that. You know, Terry, you really did check out. I mean, oh yeah, you're up in the. I think you were in the Golden Triangle part, and we all know life isn't valued in some parts of the world. Oh, as it is in others. And Five you saw bar, maybe yeah, <laughs> right, and and you saw evil, but to the point of it affected you just to not want to be part of humanity anymore. No, it was humiliating. Yeah, to even think about it, and and. I, you know, I heard the story. Is it true that you just you disrobed and walked right into the jungle and said, "I'm I'm checking out. I this I I'm, I'm tired of it." <laughs> well, I don't know about the disrobing, but I I'm, I probably did that other places besides <laughs> okay. the jungle because you know I was being shot at most of the time if I was in the jungle. But I had good good friends that were border patrol and all that uh, on the border in the in the triangle there that would take care of us nice but you just got so humiliated with being a human being you just wanted yeah. to check out yeah i definitely disrobed my humanity because yeah. i just i could not stand to think about being part of that anymore and it ended you ended up in the psych ward and by all intents and purposes uh for those of us who know what it's like to be um in that place of hopelessness and despair and welcoming death as an alternative to what we're experiencing, you should have died. You should have died in that. And even with their complications. Um, yeah, well, most of, most of the complications was uh, Jesus walking in the room and changing my biometrics, you might say, by putting a new brain in my head. And uh, that changed everything and disrupted the whole hospital. They were running around like chickens with their head cut off, trying to figure out how to keep up with the changes that were happening in my body because they were giving me more drugs than I've ever seen on the outside while I was in that hospital. And mm. they knew that if I OD'd, that would, that would be the end of it. But, um, but they, they kept up enough to where they changed their diagnosis pretty, pretty quickly after that. Right. And, yeah. and in the same place that they had said no hope, we'll arrange to uh, send back to the States, probably to a VA hospital somewhere. And uh, they changed the, the diagnosis or the prognosis to recovering satisfactorily. Which is, that's miraculous. If people really understood, and there's some, we have some active duty guys listening right now and some veterans. Mm. And some of you get it. I mean, right now the suicide rate among mm. the active duty is unreal. Yeah, yeah it it's hurts. no longer. Yeah, it's no longer it twenty-two a day. I just mm. heard it's been bumped up to twenty-six mm. a day, and we're not doing it right. And I've been to the Pentagon. I've sat on with yeah. brass, and they're saying we don't know what we're. We need help. And yeah. the one thing that you and I, and and Nancy can attest to is that the power of God is able to arrest yeah. a person's spiral downward and put their mind together. I'd always try to explain it as Humpty Dumpty. Mm -hmm. Humpty Dumpty all, had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put them together again. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. Uh, but the Lord can put us together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're testimonies of that. 
So somebody that's listening right now struggling, they're in the military or they're a veteran, what would you tell them? I would tell them that uh, that story about Humpty Dumpty is our, our personal history. We're broken. We've fallen in as a generation of human beings, as a, as a species, uh, that fall happened a long time before we started falling personally, but we, we can do nothing but fall because of that, because we're just, we're just programmed to do it by the history of, of man's rebellion against God and, and disposal of God's, God's love. And what happens is that you have to just remember that he's the one that made us. He's the one that created us beautifully and wonderfully made. And if you've ever taken a look inside the human body and some of those, those disclosures of what's going on and how it heals itself and how it pulls itself together in a very natural way. But if that's, if that system is broken, he's like the genius engineer that can go right back in there and put it right back together or give you new parts, which he did me. My, my brain was fried completely. And he just swept across the, my brain and got the ashes out of there and put a brand new one in there under uh, the cover. Yeah. Uh, there was a, one lady had a, a vision of me in, in that hospital bed from Texas. I mean, she was in Texas wow. and she saw a vision and there's a lot of people in Texas that see visions and, you know, but they don't just go around calling people and saying, I saw your son in the hospital and I see him on a bed that underneath it's, it's a fiery furnace and, and the devil's gloating saying, I don't have to worry about this one anymore. And, but she said, Terry was in a cocoon in that bed. And of course I was having that conversation with the Lord at that time and she couldn't see that, but um, he was protecting that he protects, you know, the surgical theater like they do in, in the operating room and was doing, doing a fresh update on my head. And so that, I, I, re I remember, great. yeah, I remember, you know, uh, praying to the Lord, renew my mind, renew my mind, renew my mind. <laughs> and then finally the Lord was like, he showed me the scripture of you need the mind of Christ. And then yes. I was like, okay, just give me, give me his that. mind. <laughs> and that's, that's what I, but it, I think it's so encouraging for, uh, you know, moms, grandmothers, mm, oh, yeah. uh, people at home it, who don't feel like God's really using their life in ways that they want. They may be missing the, the, the joy and the power and the effectiveness mm -hmm. of being an intercessory yes. prayer person mm -hmm. right where they are, wherever they are. And I would encourage those who, you know, you want to see the, the you mm -hmm. may not be able to see all the fruit of your life in the, in the prayers until yeah. heaven. Yeah. But my goodness, I remember my, uh, my grandmother in her eighties, late eighties, she said, honey, I don't know why I'm still here. I was like, I know we were expecting you to die. You were expecting to die like 20 years ago. She had her funeral dress laid out. You know, it's, it's kind of old school. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, I've outlived two husbands and I just want to go to heaven. I said, well, Momo, 
perhaps you're here because you're such a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna enable people like me and others to do stuff that we wouldn't be able to without your faithful prayer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, moms and and grandmas yeah. are really. I, I've I've heard it said that that was what was behind the Jesus movement. Wow! Because wow. moms and grandmothers got on their faces and said, God, you've got to do something. My kids are getting eat up by the world and you've got to save them. And he went and swept up whole beaches of young people all over the place. Well, now let's talk about that because right now in our country, there are many that feel like we've never been a tougher spot. A lot of, there's a lot of division, even in the church. Yeah. And, you know, so it's the balance of of civic responsibility to vote, to try to keep your best chance of leaders in. Or uh, some people just think, well, I'm not even going to vote. I don't, you know, the sovereignty of God's going to happen. I had a young man tell me that yesterday. He, mm-hmm. he, met, he goes, oh, I follow you. Da, da, da. And I said, oh, great. And uh, he was working at a bank. And. But it's interesting. He told me, he said, well, you know, I didn't even vote. I said, why not? He goes, well, it's the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. My vote's not going to make a difference. And I said, <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is what I told him after I slapped him. <laughs> I said, here's how I look at it. I believe that I live my life and I pray as though everything that's going to happen depends on God. It's all yeah, Absolutely. But then I turn around and everything I do, I act like it depends on me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have been in a place where, you know, we prayed a lot, but had I not gotten a, in an armored vehicle with a team and gone get a, you know, gone get a kid or somebody who was in a tough spot in Iraq from ISIS, they wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. That's right. I just looked at them and I said, sovereignty of God. Yeah. Faith in action. Yeah. But he used you in that moment because he knew he could trust you because you were trusting him. And he was he was filling you with all of the, the resources and the ability and the cognizance of where to go, what to do, because you had already spent time in him saying, I trust you, Lord. I know you've got this and you're empowering me to do what you want to be, get done. Well, right from the beginning, God was looking for these creatures that he made his premier creation was was this human being that is in his image but what he's looking for all that time and still is is looking for that image carrier that he made to actually act like it not act it out not act like an actor but let it take over the whole motive for their life so that they can be participating in what he's doing. And if they, if they don't do that, then there's no entry into that because if you're recognizing, acknowledging that he's, he's the creator of all things, you created me. So fill me with what you want me to be and, Give me the power to do what you want to do wrapped up in my skin. 
and put me where I, I am. And I've got to believe that wherever I am, he put me there for somebody. I love it. Yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking, I, I remember guys that I sat under and they taught the word to me. And now they may not be in the best place mm-hmm. as a teacher or a Bible leader. And the other day I was like, doggone it. I believed everything y'all said. I mean, I, I here? So <laughs> now I'm challenging y'all. It's your fault. You know, I believed it, but that God preordained good works for us to do. That's right. If he's preordained it, then all we have to do is listen. And like you said, Terry, just, man, just show up. It's like, Lord, what do I get? What do I get to do? Oh, mm-hmm. you, you, you have it for me. So here's a question. Now I'm going to lean on your sageness. Sagey. Sagey. Sageness. Going to make, make a salad. <laughs> or, or wisdom. So <laughs> y'all have been around long enough to see trends. I mean, just changes in music, worship, teaching. But I will tell you what I've seen recently, just in the last couple of years, I'll give you one case in point. There's a young uh, pastor, comes from a really good family, teaching on the radio. He's very popular. He's got some books out. Good, good kid, man. Young man. And he contacts me and he's like, oh, man, I love what you do. Oh, you motivate me. I'm like, oh, great. you know. And, and when younger guys contact me, it typically, it's the hook. They like to, well, uh, but they're wanting me to help them. So we were having a conversation, and I said, well, let me ask you a question. How do you deal with same-sex attraction? Because you're from a generation that it is ratcheted up beyond how do you counsel, how do you, you know, because, I mean, I, I love gays, and it's it's like, how you know, how do I, how can I better help them? And he goes, well, you, I don't, I don't really know. I'm. I don't study that. I haven't dealt with it. I'm like, you're 30 something years old. You're leading a church. You're a popular. You're telling me you've never dealt with that. And we got in this conversation. Finally, I just pushed and pushed and pushed. I said, okay, do you actually believe that homosexuality is a sin? And he would not say it was a sin. Oh, mm. no. You ran him up against the wall there. And you know me, I'm shy about doing that. I said, wait, this is really concerning. He said, well, Jesus didn't deal with Nero or that administration because he knew most of them were gay or bisexual or whatever. He said, so I don't really deal with it. And then, you know, I circled back around, had another friend or a pastor close to him. And just yesterday, he's, he would admit that fornication is a sin. Oh, boy. So we plan on tying him up and bringing them to Iraq and letting them loose in the desert. Say, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're gonna give them a wilderness experience. Yeah, time up to an IED in the middle yeah. of the street. Yeah, so, so, hey, you know what? That'll probably do more good than any years of study and training and infiltration. But that's proof, really, to tell you the truth, though, Victor. That is proof that if. You're not spending time in the word with the Lord because you have no idea. None of us have any idea of what kind of situations, what kind of people we're going to be involved in conversation with. So 
we can't really like study and prepare all the answers for a hypothetical question that may not come. We have to already just be steadfast uh, with the Lord, so in tune with the Holy Spirit being in charge of our lives that when those moments come, we can depend on him to pull out what those scriptures are that we've been studying, we've been reading, we've been knowing God about and let him talk through us. And it'll be right on in every situation and not to back away and shy away from them, which is easy for us to do. And that's, that's such good advice for a person who really, truly wants to hear. But this fella, he knows the word. If I said who his father was, oh, my gosh. So there's a place of almost delusionment or fear. To, and, and I want to, I really want our audience to, to gain insight from y'all. And you know what? I'm going to, I just, I really want this to go into another uh, episode because this is just too rich. And we have solid, squared away, proven, tested folks who, I mean, this is who you get the wisdom from. Uh, not the person who's going to write a book on marriage and ain't married yet, you know, or tell you how to raise kids and they have a cat. So, Terry Nancy. I'm excited you guys are going to hang around and join me for the next episode. So we'll hit it very fast. And those of you listening, tune in tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.